Hey, I'm Jenna Shaw, and I played Melissa in Season 2 Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Cobra Kai Companion. Can I buy another banquet? Welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter, and today's episode is an interview with Jenna Shaw, better known as Melissa, in episode 8 of season 2 Cobra Kai, where she plays a woman who seemingly is the perfect match for Johnny Lawrence. Speaking with Jenna, I found out that she has worn many hats, and is quite literally the jack of all trades. She's worked in makeup, wardrobe, production and has written and directed her own movies. She also shares the story of her love for movies and why she got into acting. And here's our conversation. Hello? Hey, Jenna. Hey. I actually had a harder time finding your biography than I thought I would. I just want to start off, where are you from originally? I am from Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl. Oh, no kidding. Okay, so you're actually kind of where the creators are from. Yep. There's <laughs> a lot of Jersey and New York people involved. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, you got uh, Ralph Macho, um, uh, Brett Ernst, too, you know, so that's mm-hmm. kind of where their uh, their characters are from. Um, what was it like growing up in Jersey? What was it like growing up in Jersey? Um it's not as bad as everyone thinks. It is the Garden State for a reason. Do people think it's bad? Um, I don't think it's that. No, I don't think it's bad. I grew I grew up kind of on the shore, a little bit inland, but you know we had uh, horse farms and apple farms, and we weren't too far from the city, so we kind of had the best of all worlds in Jersey. Um, I like that I'm a Jersey girl. I've seen that movie. You can take the. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that and the Garden too. State. Yeah. Believe it or not, I've actually never seen Garden State. I like it, you know. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Zach Braff's um, movies, but that one I especially liked. And I believe, if I remember correctly, he actually handpicked a lot of the songs that were used in the movie, uh, some of which kind of became like my favorites. You know, I had never heard them before. So he's got pretty good taste in music. He does. I actually do know that. Oh, okay. Because I've heard the soundtrack. I just haven't seen the movie. Okay. Yeah, I remember liking it. You know, it was kind of just, you know, an indie, and it was was different. And, and, you know, there's some heart and comedy to it, too. I think, was it Peter Sarsgaard's also in there? Um, He does a pretty Mm -hmm. good role. Yeah. Uh, What was it like for you, and why did you decide to get into acting? I don't remember. I'm actually pretty shy. And I'm pretty quiet. So when I told my parents that I was interested in acting, they were like, what? You? How? When? When did that happen? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I really, I I always loved movies. And I would always go to the video store when they existed. And I would rent everything that I could. And I would just watch movies anytime I could, you know, after school or on the weekends. And I just, I loved Love, love movies. I was a sci-fi horror nut, so I would have to sneak watch certain movies. But I just, I don't know. I just always loved it. And then 
my parents were like, all right, well, let's see how serious you are. And they threw me into the only acting class that existed in Jersey around my house at that time. And I was like, no, I'm hooked. And from there, I just started doing it professionally. Was there a certain movie, uh, whether growing up or just when you've rented it a lot, that kind of inspired you? Like, hey, this this is what I want to do. I think, and I was young, but I was obsessed with Harold and Maude. Okay. And what what are and I was obsessed with Alien and Aliens, and I wanted to be Ripley. Sure. From a very young age. Yeah. I was very like, strong I want to fight aliens one day, please. <laughs> you might have done that. I, I well, I've yet, I've yeah. yet to fight some aliens. Well, it's going see. to happen. It, I think it will. You're you're almost there. But I did, um, I did watch. Uh, was it Tethers? Oh yeah. 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 So that's kind of alien ish. It's got some aliens. I mean, I got some alien in me in yeah. that, but um, that was awesome. That was a fun thing to shoot. Yeah, it it looked a lot of fun, and I was, um, was it just under four minutes? And uh, I think where I first saw it, it was something you posted and said, "Watch it with the lights off." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a short that was for Crip TV, I think. And I uh, knew someone who said, "Hey, do you wanna, you wanna have an alien inside you? Wanna <laughs> run through the woods?" And I said, "Say no more. I'll be there." Now. Were you also into theater during high school? Because I do see that you have a background in theater as well. I did high school productions, and I went to a sleepaway camp that was for theater nerds. I mean, I guess that's okay to say. Um, I went, we, you know, you would go for three weeks and you would be cast in a play or a musical, and then you would have three weeks to prepare and then the last few days, you get to do the show, um, I think, two or three times, and all the parents come up and see it. So that was the bulk of my theater experience was, you know, high school productions and summer camp. I didn't do too much outside of that. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, I mean, the, at the time of this recording, we have Christmas coming up. Um, what was your experience like being the Christ- Ghost of Christmas Pass on A Christmas Carol? That was junior year in high school. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my hair looked great. Okay. (laughs) That's that's it. Um, That was fun. I mean, gosh, if I'm thinking all the way back, um, that was a fun production. That was actually, we had a different director, I think, that year in high school. And the production was just so big. It was so much bigger than the other ones that we had done. And I, yeah, that was fun. I had great experiences doing theater in high school. I wish I had done more of it when I left high school, but uh, I just did a lot of staged readings, um, but no full-on productions. You, you wanted to be in front of the camera more. I think that's just where I, because I wasn't, I didn't go to school. I don't have any classical training. Um, I, I just, I went, I took a couple of classes here and there for theater and on camera and it just seemed to fall into place more with TV and film. And when I, I lived in New York and because I didn't go to school, people weren't as inclined to hire someone who didn't have a, a degree in, in the arts, I think. Yeah. 
I you mentioned that you were kind of shy growing up and you did some school productions. I would imagine there must have been some nerves because performing in front of people like that, you don't get a chance to do different takes. Everything is kind of live and on the spot. Yeah, there were always nerves, but I think I was always so prepared and you kind of go into a, a zone when you're on stage and I don't know, it just, it just kind of, all my nerves would go away once the curtain went up and I, you know, we got into the performance. Um, but the second that we're taking the bow at the end, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's people here. <laughs> so I forgot. That sounds like you were having a lot of fun. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Right? When you're having fun, you kind of forget that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just have fun, go into a zone, and then when it's over, you're back in your own skin, and you step off the stage, and you're just back to being who you are. And once you kind of started, um, after you started getting getting work, I you've done quite a bit. Uh, I, I went kind of down a rabbit hole of Jenna Shaw material here. Um <laughs> Let's let's start with the Super Bowl commercial that spoofs Lost. What was that like, and how did you uh, land on that? That was one of the coolest commercials I've ever worked on. It was I remember it. So exciting. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> and lots of people are like, wait a second. I remember that. Um, I was in L.A. I moved to L.A. from New York, and I was getting a lot of commercial work all of a sudden. And the one thing that I hadn't done, I had never done a Super Bowl commercial and it'd been years of me doing other, you know, big, bigger commercials. And then when I realized that I was auditioning for that, I was like, please, please, please let me get this. And I did. And we wound up shooting it at Zuma Beach in the beginning of December, you know, in, in California. And it was freezing. And they had me going in and out of the water for a couple of hours. And I was frigid. And they're like, act warmer, act warmer. It's hot. You're on an island. And I'm like, it, I mean, it was challenging and it was exhausting because we shot for, a, it was a long day, but it was freezing. And there was sand everywhere. You came home with sand, and it took me a little while to thaw out, but the end result was pretty awesome. And then when it aired during the Super Bowl, it was amazing. And it was one of the more exciting commercial gigs that I've pretty much ever done. Now, were you actually um, at like a Super Bowl party when that aired? Mm-hmm. And what was the reception like for, you know, around your friends and family? I was actually at a friend of a friend's house, so I didn't really know too many people, and I didn't want to make a big deal about it, (laughs) but they had two TVs on, and I told the few friends that were with me, I said, okay, I know it's coming on, I, you know, I think it was the third quarter, and I was like, I know it's going to come on, but let's not make a big deal, and then when it started, of course, my friends start screaming at the TV, everyone, look at the television, it's Jenna, and, um, and then everyone, all these strangers turn around and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's you. And it was it was pretty exciting. But I had to rewatch it after because there was a lot of excitement and people screaming that I couldn't even hear it the first time. So 
I think that's pretty cool, actually, for those that didn't really know you. It kind of reminds me of a story where, like, one time I was at a uh, like a friend's giving, and a friend invited a friend of hers who we ended up finding out that, like, oh, she's a uh, she's on the news, you know, like she reports news and stuff, and we're like, oh, that is her, like, yeah, yeah, we've seen her on TV. It's you know, it's, it's not like we watch the news every night, but um, it was kind of one of those moments, like, hey, we've actually seen you on TV, so yeah, that must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, now you've done uh, a number of commercials, and you've actually had, I mean, I don't know if it's really coffee, but you also sat down with uh, Jennifer Garner. Yeah, that was a good one, too. <laughs> I think so, yeah. What was that like? Was that during, like, the Benefer days, or? No, that was, I think, more about recent? two or three years ago. Okay. Yeah, it was more recent, and... That was great. That I think that was the first time I ever was did something just face to face with like a like a movie star and yeah. Jennifer Garner of all people. She was so nice and so cool and so beautiful and just so fun. And it was a that was great. And I got to drink like we were shooting it at a real coffee house. So they just they were like, "What do you want?" And I was like, <laughs> "I get to drink a latte and." <laughs> sit across from Jennifer Garner, make a commercial. This is the best day. That was a great experience, too. That's pretty cool to get paid for that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other perk. Oh, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, You got paid to do something pretty cool. I mean, like with my job, I kind of joke that I get paid to work out because I'm a mail carrier. So, like, I'm walking every day. You're like, I get paid to step. That's pretty much it. Step and step. You know, I used to keep track of my steps on my Fitbit, and a lot of my friends would unfollow me because they said it was discouraging since I walk every day. So I get it. What? <laughs> because my steps would oh, be like in they the. Found it discouraging. Well, it'd be like around twenty thousand, and everyone else be like you know under ten. They're jealous yeah. that they didn't get their steps in like you did. If uh-huh. anything, you should have been motivating. Yes. Uh, we spoke a little bit about some of the um, commercials that you've done, but you've also been on uh, a lot of TV shows and uh, s- some some other work too. Now, not only have you been in front of the camera, you've been behind it. You've you know directed mm-hmm. and written uh, some of your own film. What made you decide to um, you know be, like become a writer and film some of your own projects? I it was I made my first short I think it was like in 2006 dig, and I just yeah dig that was my 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 first baby and I just remember watching you know I I love every aspect of the filmmaking process because it takes so many people to create the final product it's not just the actors it's not just the writers it's everybody and I wanted to have more experience in all aspects of filmmaking. And I always, I always wrote, I actually started writing, I think before acting, I took writing classes when I was younger and um, I took my first screenwriting class when I moved to New York. And I just thought, well, you know what? I didn't go to film school, so maybe I'll just make a film and see if I like being behind camera. So I had a couple of shorts that I wrote and I decided to make that first one dig and I got behind the camera and I produced it and I got money for it and uh, wrote it, directed it. I did 
it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I shot on Super 16 film. And the red, I think, had just come out and not many people knew how to use it. And I was like, what's this whole digital thing? I don't trust it. So I'm going to shoot on film. And that was a very expensive choice. <laughs> but um, but it, that was an experience in itself, uh, shooting on film. And obviously now everything that I, I've done uh, is uh, is digital, but it was still a great experience. And it was like having film school just wrapped up in one production. And I learned so much and decided, no, I really love being behind camera. And I, I definitely would like to do this again when I don't know. And then I, I have done it uh, since. And I do. I love it. I love being behind camera. I did not get to see Dig, but I did see the the trailer for it. And, um, you know, you mentioned you shot that on film. It looks great. You know, I, I obviously saw some trailers for uh, some of your other stuff on digital, too. But um, didn't realize it was that much more expensive. But I, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, processing film is not cheap. <laughs> and uh, there aren't many places to do that anymore. Kodak went under very soon after that. So... Um, but luckily, digital's great. But there's still there's it, like shooting something on film and film grain is just there's there's something else to it. Um, maybe one day I'll shoot on film again. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's gonna be anytime soon. No, but not yet. <laughs> one day. <laughs> no. Okay. So I guess I kind of went in reverse with some of your previous projects, and one that I was very surprised by, just because. You know, uh, you mentioned like sci-fi and horror earlier, and I saw a lot of work um, in, in those genres. But the one that surprised me, and I had a good-ass time watching it, was Lesbian Cops. <laughs> yeah. I loved you in Lesbian Cops. <laughs> thank you. It was so funny. Oh, I had to keep going. Thanks. Six Six episodes. Now, I, I did see that, um, you know, the Kickstarter, it, it worked. There was a second season, but I couldn't find that second season, like, on IMDb. But you didn't provide the voice for, the, for that character, did you? No, I did. Oh, you it, did? Okay. It took a... It, they wound up turning it into uh, an animated... It was... a uh, second season was all animated. Yeah. And I did do the voice, and I, it only recently got finished, so I think within oh. the last six months, Ooh, yeah, wow, and okay. I'll send I'll send you a link. I'll you know I'll find it. But yeah, I think we did. I think it's five or six episodes, season two, and we did an animated version, and it's so over the top and crazy. And we all think it was maybe a little ahead of its time, but it was you know the people that have seen it that get it that it is a satire. Yeah. Like it's just I mean it's so nuts you know, they like it. And they're, they're, we, you know, we got some good press and then we also got people going, what is this? But that was a hoot. Yeah, I did not read any other reviews or anything like that, but I can probably understand why some of the, uh, you know, like maybe some of the negative criticism about like how women are portrayed and things of that nature. But I can see the big three producing a movie like that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's their style of comedy. Um, I just kind of want to throw this out because I think it's, I mean, if it's intentional, well, no, it's not intentional, but a big coincidence here, your character is Detective Tori Jones, Tori with an I. 
Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, that stuck out to me like a sort. I mean, I saw that immediately, and I go, oh, maybe there's a tie, but but there isn't because the story behind the actual Tori in Cobra Kai is that uh, her name was from Robert Mark Kamen's daughter Victoria, so that's where they got the name. But I thought it was great. One of my one of my favorite moments. Uh, I forget which episode is actually when you're sitting uh, in front of the the police chief and then the the quote unquote dirty cop, and you, you're trying to get him to say that you know he hates drugs or he hates the drugs. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like the Austin Power scene between like Scotty and Doctor Evil. Oh my gosh, I didn't. Ever, I never thought about that. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. And, and see, so I didn't know you provided the voice for the the, the, the animated version because um, I was trying to search to see if you did. And if you did, I would have watched it. I, I was up really late. And that was the thing. I was like, well, you know, if I couldn't, if I didn't know for sure, I wasn't going to check it out just yet. But since you did provide the voice, I will definitely check it out. Yeah, I'll make sure I, I find the link and send it to you. Yeah, it's so funny. I think I am going to rewatch them. <laughs> Okay, good. I mean, it's nuts. But if if you like that, like I had so much fun. I like doing comedy and I don't get to do it that often because people are, you know, this the, the in the business, people are like, "Well, we don't see you being funny." And I'm like, "I'm funny." Yeah. And I like to do over the top crazy stuff. You got to slap them with that lesbian cops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like I can do them. funny. Peter said this is good. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. I was watching it. I go, I can totally see why she's, you know, she should hook up with Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> I know. I think Detective Tori Jones is r- literally up Johnny's alley. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny that your character, you know, dates or, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll definitely get to that. But, you know, I hope that the title doesn't deter anybody away because it's it's not I'm like sure that. I'm sure it has. I'm sure it has. I know. But it's not like that at all. It's super balls to the wall comedy. And I think it's hilarious. Thank you so much. I didn't even think about that. I was like, I wonder what he's going to ask me about. I did <laughs> not think you would see that. So, but it makes me happy. I went through down a rabbit hole. I mean, obviously, that wasn't my <laughs> first go-to, right? I said I kind of went in reverse. Lesbian Cops came out um, about eight years ago. And, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's available on YouTube. That's how I watched it. So it, it was easy access. I go, let, let me give this a try. And I noticed that it's broken up into episodes. And each episode, they're, they're, most of them are less than 10 minutes, you know. So it's a, a, mm-hmm. a really quick and easy to watch. So... So that first episode, it got me. I had to finish it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Lesbian cops live. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I, after we're done here, I'm probably going to go watch season two, um, knowing that, that you were a part of that too. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's talk about some of the other things. Uh, we mentioned Tethers, and, and you talked about your experience there. Now, Love in the Time of Monsters. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I did not get a chance to watch this one, but it looks very interesting. Um, you also uh, got to work with like Doug Jones and Kane Hodder. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. Was that like? Yeah. I was nerding out a bit. I bet. Gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first lead in a feature, and it's a horror film with. I think it's 95% practical effects, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, it's super cheesy, campy, um, fun. That was a great, great shoot. We shot that all the way up 
California, like at the border of uh, Oregon and California, oh, somewhere okay. around there in the middle of nowhere. And we shot for, I think it was three weeks and it was a great experience and Kane's awesome and Doug is awesome. And, you know, we're just like fighting toxic vermin and toxic, you know, toxic nature and there's fake blood everywhere. And it was just, yeah, it was, that was a great shoot. Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun and congrats on the, on that first feature there. So I I definitely do want to check that out. I I try to support the people that come on the show. I mean, they give me their time. So at least I can do is to see what else they have done. So that's, I mean, uh, again, rabbit hole of uh, Jenna Shaw material last night. (laughs) Now there's a lot of movies, you know, like that in that genre it it sounds like something that you really really do enjoy doing um something that's that's a little bit different that i only saw the trailer for but andover Mm -hmm. so this one is about uh jonathan silverman which i've seen him in a lot of things you know weekend at bernie's um I'm forgetting the show that he had back in the day, but uh, I I used to watch a lot of things that he did. But apparently he's a genetics professor that clones his dead wife over and over. You play a character by the name of Camille, Mm -hmm. is it? Yeah, I played his cloned wife's best friend. So, you know, his wife passes away tragically, but I was her best friend in the film. That's a fun film, too. Her character doesn't think this is a good idea? Not really. I don't think anyone does. But then yeah. there's always that part of people that if they could get someone back that they lost and loved, you know, they and they maybe they entertain it for a moment. Sure. This is one of the, one of those situations where, like, you know, you you can't play God. Right. Right. Now you've done like aliens and horror. You've also uh, were on a few episodes of Granite Flats. And you got to play, uh, it's it's a bit of a, now, I'm not familiar with this show. Is this a period piece or is just your, the episodes you happen to be in are, are period pieces? It was, um, it was for BYU TV and it was a, it was a Cold War era drama. So yeah, it was definitely a period piece. It shot in Utah and that was an awesome shoot. That was so much fun. I love period pieces too, because you just the whole feel of it and the look of it, the way you just the, the clothing and the hairstyles, like you just are kind of set back in time. Um, I did a few episodes of that. I was a nosy reporter. Now I I just keep looking through everything you've done because you have done so much and I did watch, you know, anything that was available. So I know we keep talking about like, you know, your favorite genres here. I'm not particularly a horror guy, like I do get scared easily, but I did check out Creep Show. Yeah. Yeah. And you were in a segment called By the Silver Water of Lake Champlain. Now, did that segment did that take place in eighty four? Nineteen eighty four? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because there's there's a point where they kind of carve into I, I don't want to give too much away. Um, but I thought it was interesting that the connection to Cobra Kai was the Karate Kid came out in eighty four. Mm-hmm. Um, Chet, who plays your husband, is the name of the douchebag brother from uh, Weird Science that would come out the year after. So I was trying to see if uh, your character, Lee, uh, her daughter, Rose, I was was trying to see if those names, you know, were connected to anything else, but I I couldn't find anything. Definitely not Breakfast Club, definitely not Red Dawn, 
But what was your experience like filming for Creepshow? I'd been a huge fan of Creepshow, the you know the original that um, you know uh, that came out in what eighty two, and then there was Creepshow two and three, what and I was so excited when I got booked on that because Tom Savini, the Tom Savini, the master of practical effects, he was uh, directing that episode and Greg Nicotero was uh, show running and I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. So Mm -hmm. to be a part of that show, just, I was just, so excited but my character in that particular segment is just you know this beaten uh housewife and mother who's just you know almost despondent and she's just you know at her wits end so very different character than the, all the others that i've played at least in the recent years but there's a monster in it and it's kind of awesome and we got to shoot on a stage they brought in like I don't know, 16 tons of sand and they built this shoreline and it was so awesome. And, you know, they just like build, they, the set was just so cool because they brought in trees and they built, you know, like they put some rocks and some, they brought in all these leaves and they just created this really great set that was supposed to be on the lake. And then they filled it with fog and you couldn't see, you know, a foot in front of you. And we shot in that for a day. Um, That was one of one of the sets. And it was just an overall great experience just to kind of watch everyone work in like in they they had sets up from other uh, episodes and segments. So you kind of just got to wander through the maze of horror and just see like the detail and I mean that it was it was a group that was that was like feeding my inner horror child <laughs> self it was awesome I, I mean I can't even imagine what it's like walking around a set like that um the the, the segment before yours uh, called skin, skin crawlers is that set anywhere near yours was yeah they were all in the same building but they, they, I mean, how the production design, like what they did in such a short period of time is just mind blowing. They would have yeah. these like rotating sets and they would just build these elaborate sets. I mean, some of them were on wheels, some of them, you know, they would just tear, they would build and then tear down and use some of the pieces for another set for another episode. But I saw some of that skin crawlers set partially broken down and it was just kind of off to the side of our sets and then some of the other segment sets. So you kind of got to see just like bits and pieces of each uh, episode. So Creepshow was actually the first of uh, your previous work that I, I checked out. That was the first thing I watched. So I got to see you deliver a very emotional and strong performance. I think there's something to be said for, you know, someone that has worked behind the camera and directing people. They kind of already know what to do in front of the camera themselves. So to see you, as you put it, you know, like like, like this beaten down wife, kind of figuratively and physically, I would imagine, just, you know, from the mm-hmm. context of the dialogue, um, I thought it was very sad, you know, to see... Uh, your character of Lee and and the state that she's in with losing the husband and uh, how she's supposed to take how what the kids are feeling about the stepfather, and then again one of the last things I saw 
was lesbian cops. You know, I you know I keep going back to that, but like wow, the 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 range. You know what I mean? To see you as this really s- sad mother, and then the balls to the wall badass detective Tori Jones. Thanks, I appreciate that. It's it's quite something. So that's why, like, when I found, when I found lesbian cops, I was just like, oh my god, what is this? More people need to see this. Ah, thanks. Yeah, well. I can do it all. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you really can. And I see that you have done it all. You mentioned that you, I kind of forget the exact words, but you want to learn like all the different facets of, you know, behind camera, but you've done like makeup and and wardrobe, other types of production. But aside from like directing yourself, what were some of the other things that you have done that kind of surprised you like, oh, man, this wasn't as easy as I thought it was, uh, it would be? I was a PA. <laughs> I was a PA on a network show for about two months, and I mean it was a, it was a bigger it was a big show. And I I was like, you know what? I've never PA'd. I've always just kind of been an assistant in the art department or uh, in wardrobe or hair and makeup. I've done catering. Um, I've done so many things, but I was like, I've never PA'd. That was one of the hardest things. Also, it was for a big show. It was on a studio lot, and I was nervous. I could not figure out the walkie-talkies. I never was, I don't know, maybe, I think they thought I knew how to do all of this, but I was still trying to figure out my way around the studio a lot. And I like trying to, I never got the frequencies. I must have pissed off so many people because they're like, don't call on this line. And I was like, okay, okay, sorry. Um, Like different channel. So I was only there two months. That was hard, but I got, it was a crash course in, in that area. But I'm glad I did it because I, I would love to work in, at, in, even if it's a day, I would like to just kind of watch each um, department do their thing. Yeah, it, it's always kind of nice to to know how like a lot of the moving parts work. Yeah, that would be interesting. I Yeah, I, I've never done anything related to film or the theater. You know, I, I tried, you know, like doing a couple auditions shortly after high school, but I don't want to say like it wasn't for me. It's just the timing was really wrong. And I've spoken with people and they're like, oh, you should go back. But at this point, I got four kids and and work and all that. I don't know. Um, maybe some background if they film locally. I mean, And they do. I think the last show, that the last big show that filmed here in Portland was Grimm. You know, that was pretty popular, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was very popular. Yeah. Hey, it's never too late. No, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I keep it in the back of my mind here. I'm always trying to um, pitch the big three some ideas how maybe I can get on Cobra Kai myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about Cobra Kai. How did you land the part of Melissa in season two? Okay, this is what happened. Um, I right. <laughs> I had been in. Here we go. I had been in Atlanta for about six months at that point and my agent sent me an audition like they you know in Atlanta every there's a lot of self-tapes and most of it is self-tapes mm-hmm. so I got uh you know an email that says you know you've been asked to audition for Cobra Kai which I was stoked about because I was already obsessed with it and the the thing is I originally auditioned for Veronica who was the first date with Johnny She's the mom who has the two boys, and he says, oh, yeah, I body slammed the kid. So I originally (laughs) auditioned for that role. Um, The audition, you know, it came in, I think, on a Monday, and they said, you know, we need this in ASAP because it shoots Friday. 
And I, up until then, I, I think I'd only self-taped everything, but they gave the option because they were trying to cast these roles quick. They said, but if anyone can come in today, let us know and we'll have you come in and do and read in person with the casting director. And I thought, okay, I'm supposed to fly out to LA Wednesday night, which was my birthday. So I thought, well, maybe if I just go in, I can meet the casting director. Maybe I can expedite the process, whatever, you know, may happen instead of sending it in and waiting. So I said, yeah, tell them I'll go in. And they said, okay, be there in 45 minutes. So I was like, ah, and um, (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Didn't realize it was that quick. Um, So I went in and I read for Veronica and I had seen the sides on the table for Melissa and I like I glanced at it and I was like oh man that would be so cool to read for that and while I was in the room the casting director said you know why don't you read for Melissa and I said yes okay great (laughs) and then I went out and I had about 10 minutes to look at the sides and went back in the room and taped it and it just felt so right and then I thought, okay, well, if I get this, that means I can't fly to back to LA for my birthday because I was having a birthday party on Friday. <laughs> um, oh no! Because I share a birthday, my three of my like closest friends in LA, we all are born the same week in November. So for twelve years, we'd been having a joint birthday party, and it was scheduled for Friday. So Wednesday, I'm supposed to fly out, and they said or pinning you or, you know, holding you or whatever it was. And I thought, can they let me know before 720? Because that's when my flight <laughs> leaves. And if I don't book it, then I want to go to LA for my birthday party. But it was 630. And I was like, I haven't heard yet. And I can't risk getting on the plane and then maybe booking this. So I canceled my flight right before. And then at I think it was like 845. I wound up getting the call that I did book it. So I didn't get to go to my birthday party, but I got to shoot Cobra Kai on Friday, which was a birthday present in itself. I, I think it's kind of a perfect storm, right, of how all of that happened. Mm-hmm. So you were supposed to be reading for a different part, and you ended up booking for Melissa. What was the process from then on? And, you know, like uh, working with uh, Billy Zapka and... I don't have it in front of me. I don't know who shot that episode. Jen, um, I don't know how to say Jen Salata? Okay. Salata, yeah. 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 She's an awesome director. She's so collaborative and communicative and go women directors. Yes, I love it. And she's just talented and, and she's just cool. So that was awesome. Um, John Hayden and Josh, they're geniuses. And when... I mean, everything happened kind of so fast after, after you get booked, sometimes there's like no time to figure out what, what you're like, wait, what's happening? Wait, where am I going? And, you know, it was just, it was, I got an early call for Friday and I, you know, when I read the script, I said, oh, okay, it's the same lines as the audition. Great. And when we shot it, Billy, I was so excited to work with Billy and he was so cool. We had a great time. And every, I think everyone who has worked with him would say the same thing. He's just easy to work with. He's so ridiculously talented and committed and focused. And you just get dropped into the scene immediately because he's just so 
present and he has and he has fun and you know it's just it's a it's such a great experience to work with him because you're just comfortable in every way so it took a while to shoot that scene oh did it yeah it it felt yeah it took a while they were doing different angles and they had a lot to cover because Graham was in the scene with all of his business and <laughs> and then everything with you know, Johnny typing, you know, the message to Allie and that whole, you know, is he going to do it or not? And then I bump into him and I make it happen. You sure did. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. As much as I love Carmen, uh, I, I think a lot of us, our, our viewers, we're always rooting for him, right? So when Melissa bumps into him, we're like, oh my God, she's exactly like him. And so I think we're kind of rooting for, um, you know, f for something to happen there at, at that moment. Me too. At least an apology because <laughs> he just kind of ditched me and that's not cool. He should have at least gotten my number. It's all Graham's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's terrible. Now, um, your, your lines, were they pretty much just written as is? Was was there any kind of like altern, uh, alternate takes? Like, hey, try this line or anything like that? Yeah, I think it was all the same from the audition to the shoot. I don't remember anything changing. Yeah, personally, um, I would like to see... Melissa back. You know, we got uh, Judy, you know, she she showed yeah. up for a brief stint, who we all know from, uh, you know, the first episode, the, you know, the lady with the TV. So I don't see why we couldn't get another run in with Melissa. Who knows? Now, who picked up the tab? Well, he just threw some money down and said, sorry, gotta go. <laughs> so I guess he did. But I did. But I still think I had a card at the bar that when I got him that beer, when I first, when I was like, I'll get you a banquet, like that still went on my tab. So maybe he got the second round. That could be it. That could be it. I think it'd be uh, funny if somebody took your, your, uh, was it Bud Light commercial? I forget the brand. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody took that commercial and, and like Photoshop Coors into it, banquet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe uh, Photoshop uh, Johnny that's sitting on the beach in the last episode, somewhere in the background by the plane. I don't know. Someone do it. Someone do it. <laughs> Somebody will. Um, okay, so we, uh, you know, as we get ready to wrap up, I, uh, again, personally, I would like to see Melissa back just because we got that tease of somebody so seemingly perfect for Johnny. What could it be like? But um, another project I see that's coming out here, and if you'd like to uh, talk about it, The Last Laugh, right? That's uh, um, something you wrote and direct yourself, and... It's an official selection to the DTLA Film Festival. Yeah, I, that was a film that I wrote and directed, but I started working on another project. So <laughs> I've been uh, writing that. And it, yeah, that, that short got into a couple of uh, small festivals, but I'm working on another one. So I haven't put, put it in any other places yet, but I might. So I don't know how to promote that. Anything else that you're working on that uh, listeners can keep an eye out for? Yeah, I, um, I like, you know, Creepshow, which aired on Halloween. Um, that's on Shutter TV. And I just worked on a feature called Quiet in My Town that I don't know when or where it will be released, but that should um, hopefully, I mean, hopefully spring of 2020, maybe. And I did an episode of Manhunt, 
not Mindhunter, Manhunt, which is also a show about crimes and serial killers and all that stuff. And that should be coming out maybe January or February 2020. That was a really, that was a fun role. I was very hoity-toity and once again, very different than the other roles that I have played recently. So that should be fun. I just don't know exactly when they are coming out, but soon. Soon, yes. We will definitely keep an eye out and, and help promote you know in, anything that comes out. Uh, now, since you have worn many different hats um, with the production of a, a film, writing your own, directing your own, what advice uh, do you have for anybody that wants to try making their own movie? Don't be afraid to do it. Just ask questions, reach out to people, and make it happen because it's not impossible. There's so many different areas to get help or people to reach out to, or there's just access to cameras and equipment. Things are, I mean, you can shoot so much just on your cell phone. You can get lens adapters for an iPhone or, you know, mics that you, I mean, you can rent equipment, you can buy equipment. Just decide what story you want to tell and tell it and just find a way and keep asking questions and researching because if you have a story to tell, you should tell it. But don't do it without doing research first. If you've never made a movie before, I would say just talk to people first and, and gather as much information as you can, but then make it. And that concludes my conversation with Jenna Shaw. I want to thank her again for giving me the opportunity to pick her brain a little bit and learn more about her. For anyone that's interested, she is on Creep Show, and that can be streamed on Shudder. That's spelled S-H-U-D-D-E-R, and that is a streaming site. And again, one of my personal favorites, you can YouTube it, Lesbian Cops. She is hilarious in that. And if you want to give her a follow, just check the show notes for the link to her Twitter. And if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod or Instagram at Cobra Kai Podcast. I want to thank you guys for your continued support. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. And if you have a couple of minutes, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help us out and give us more visibility in the rankings. I want to thank you guys as always and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.